Well, good morning, Anthem. Um, so we, we broke down our Proverbs series into different topics. And this week, the topic I'm going to be covering from Proverbs is over listening. So when we look at this text, these four verses here, 17, 27 through 18, 2, they give five different descriptors of man. There's the man who has knowledge. There's the man of understanding. There's the man who's considered wise. The man that's deemed intelligent. And then there's the fool. And so throughout the sermon, I'll use man and just person in general um, interchangeably, just so you're aware, because Proverbs addresses people just as overall man. But these four positive words, knowledge, understanding, wise, intelligent, they're, they're all kind of overlapping words. They're, they're four distinct words in the Hebrew, but they're, they're very close and they're, they're kind of synonymous with each other. And they can all be used in a way to say that a man that wants to seek to understand, a man that wants to seek to understand, understand God, understand people, understand situations. And, and this is where I want to challenge what I believe this proverb wants to challenge and what the rest of Scripture wants to challenge is the difference between understanding and being understood. See, we desire to be understood. And there's this deep feeling with when we're understood that we're heard and we're seen. And there was a quote as I was prepping that I came across that I think hits this really, really well. That'll be up here on the screen. It says, love allows understanding to dawn. And understanding is precious. Where you're understood, you're at home. Understanding nourishes belonging. When you really feel understood, you feel free to release yourself into the trust and shelter of the other person's soul. Right? You, you feel that. You know what? You, when you truly feel understood by someone? And, and we want this. I, I want this. Being understood, we feel truly seen by others. But here's what I think this word challenges is our desire to be understood by others. As we dive into the text, I believe that we'll see that it hits at the heart of listening. So my main point today that I hope to mine out as we walk through this proverb is that we're called not to be understood, but we're called to understand. We are a people that are called not to be understood, but we are called to understand. And so I broke these four verses down into, into two parts. There's the, the proactive and the accidental wise. And then there's the proactive fool, which we don't want to be. So, verses 27 and 28 again. He, whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he has a cool spirit as a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise when he closes his lips. He is deemed intelligent. So this is where we have the proactive and the accidental wise, right? And here's why I use the word proactive. What you can see is that a man of wisdom, a man that's deemed intelligent, a man of knowledge, he actively, he restrains his words. He pulls them back. He wants to say something, but he says, 
No, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to listen right now. He actively restrains his words to gain knowledge and gain understanding. And it goes on to say, even the fool accidentally does this sometimes. The fool is accidentally wise when they maybe just are, they can't talk for some reason. They have food in their mouth, and then it's like, that fool is really wise right now. Because they, they can't talk. They, they are considered wise at times because they can't speak. And hopefully in that, they're listening. So what do we see in that? Close your mouth, open your ears, Right? Close your mouth, open your ears. The wise, they close their mouth. They restrain their words. They open their ears, and they listen. This is the person that has knowledge and understanding and wisdom. All right. I'm going to pray this out. That's the sermon for today. All right, that's... (laughs) Had the band come up. Band, don't come up. But there's something that's interesting as a result of the closing of the lips here. A coolness of spirit. A coolness of spirit. He who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. This man slows down. He stops talking. And he listens. And he has a cool spirit. Does he mean suave? Is he suave? Maybe. Me, no. But the cool spirit is a man that's calm and peaceful. He's calm and he carries peace about him. So why does that start with closing your mouth? That's what I think is interesting. He's talking about restraining your your words, closing your mouth, opening your ears, and then you have a cool spirit. James 1.19 digs this out a little bit more. So James is kind of known as the Proverbs of the New Testament says, know this, my brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. See, James lays out this progression a little bit more linear for us. A man that is slow to anger is calm and peaceful is cool of spirit. The contrary is a man that is slow to listen. A person that is slow to listen, quick to speak, quick to anger. If you just change those out. They're slow to listen, quick to speak, quick to anger, not of a cool, calm spirit. You guys know people like this, and maybe I'm assuming at times you feel this yourself, right? When you're frustrated, you're not of a calm spirit when you're frustrated at someone, when you're mad at a situation, you're mad at something at work, you're mad at a friend, you're mad at a family member. That's not a calm spirit. That's a frustrated spirit. So why does this happen? And I think he hits something profound at the heart level here of listening. When we don't seek understanding from a person on a situation, we can quickly start to assume understanding. When we don't seek understanding, we can assume understanding. There's a great book called Crucial Conversations that that talks about this. And it talks about creating stories in your head during conflict. You create stories in your head. So when we assume understanding... And don't shut our mouths and start to input our opinion. It's because we feel like we have that figured out already. We know the situation. We know their thoughts. We know what they did. And we have told ourselves a story, and we have made that story a reality. 
right? We, we tell these stories to ourselves, and they're not actually reality, and we get frustrated about these things. My, my wife and I, we, we uh, you know, spouses, you probably feel this a little bit sometimes, right? And so um, I, I come home late after Salt Company often, and my, my wife gets up early for work on Friday. And so a lot of times, um, I'll get a text at like 11 o'clock. I'm, I'm getting home. I'm just trying to get to bed at this point. And I get a text. She's like, what are you doing? It's so loud. And in my mind, I'm like, what, is she, what does she think I'm doing right now? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. And I feel like that her picture in her mind is like that I brought the guys home and I'm playing a pickup game of basketball in the, the living room and sighting in my rifle for deer season and, and all this different stuff that she's just, and rightfully so. I could understand why she would be mad if I'm playing pickup basketball at 11 o'clock at night in the, in the living room. Whereas, like, my perception, I'm, like, trying to tiptoe. I'm trying to really gently shut the door, in my mind at least. I'm not a gentle person, so it's not great. Right? But, but we can, like, tell these stories, and we get frustrated, and we get mad. It's like, why is he doing that right now? Or why is she doing that? Why are they doing that? And we make these stories reality. And we get upset about them. But this is not the man that is cool of spirit. The man that is cool of spirit will slow down, ask clarifying questions, and seek to genuinely understand. They'll say maybe, hey, this is my perception, or hey, this is my understanding of the situation. Hey, could you add a little bit of clarity to this? Because they choose to restrain their words and they listen, they can get a more clear picture and not tell themselves false stories, and walk in peace and calmness. Because believe it or not, people usually have better intentions and competencies than we want to believe. Your neighbor who doesn't line up politically with you is honestly probably not that bad of a guy. But you saw a sign outside one time, and so you immediately put him with an entire demographic and now every single other decision is made. You tell your story about why they made that decision, why they're doing that, and you're annoyed how they mow their lawn now. They don't mow it the right way, and if they were voted for this guy, they would mow it my way. Or maybe your boss, who's been a jerk, maybe they had some really, really tough stuff happen at home. And you don't know that. You don't seek clarity on that. You don't ask questions of why are they lashing out more this week than they did last week. You feel hurt and frustrated. You don't seek clarity. Your family member who's frustrating, maybe they're sad, maybe they're angry, maybe they're hurt by something you didn't realize or how they, how they perceive the situation or how they're not feeling understood. Right, but a lot of times we don't search those things out, right? We just immediately create a story of this is why you're acting the way you are, and it's not okay. Rather than, hey, why are you acting this way? What happened? Or can I get a more clear picture of just who you are as a person? We don't seek to understand the person. We tell ourselves that we've got them pegged and figured out, and there we start to create stories about them, and we put them in a box, and it puts a wedge there that we don't even realize. 
Proverbs 20, verse 5, it says, the, the purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. The purpose of a man's heart is like deep water. The, the man of understanding, he draws that out. He slows down. He asks clarifying questions. He's calm of spirit. He doesn't assume that they're lashing out this way because they're wanting to get to some other means or ends. He may be asked, why are they acting this way? So I'm going to ask some clarifying questions because maybe there's some hurt going on there that I don't realize. A man of understanding draws that out and shepherds the heart and is not quick to impugn motives but is quick to seek clarity. I truly believe that if we just slowed down and saw people more clearly, it would give us a much greater sense of compassion for them. Uh, we, we have Luke 10.2 over here on the wall, and I love the Matthew 9 version of that, where Jesus looks upon the crowd that's, that's been following him. He looks upon them, and he's not necessarily frustrated that they don't know all these things. It says he has compassion on them because he recognizes, he perceives, he sees that they are sheep without a shepherd. He understands their heart and he wants to draw it out. He's a man that's calm of spirit, that seeks clarity, seeks understandings, and seeks they don't know me, they don't have a shepherd. Jesus was a proactive, wise man who sought understanding and was continually drawing people out and continually seeking clarity on situations. The proactive wise get a more full picture of the person and the situation. Now the proactive fool. Verses 1 and 2 and 18, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire he breaks out against all sound judgment. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. This is the person that actively walks in foolishness. What do they do? They isolate and they express their opinion. They isolate and they only enjoy expressing their opinion. This is the active fool. And in verses 6 and 7 in Proverbs, it actually goes on to, to talk about what is the result of this? What's the result of the active fool? It says, a fool's lips walk into a fight. His, his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his rune, and his lips are a snare to his soul. He's fighting. He's quarreling. He gets a beating. His mouth is his rune, and his downfall, and it is a snare for himself. That is the active fool. This is what happens when we isolate and only express our opinion and do not to seek understanding. But I believe, this, I believe this verse hits at the heart of why we do this. Why we fall into these spots of needing to be heard and understood and not listening and seeking understanding. At the heart of it, it's seeking our own interest. Verse 1 there. He seeks his own desire. They seek their own desire. This is at the root of it. And I think it hits on two different aspects. One, the fool seeks isolation because it's his own desire. 
They, they fear that if they, if they bring in some counsel to this situation, they might change what I want to do. They don't want to, to understand and truly find the best solution because it might change what they think is right. And they need to not listen to others because they don't want to change what they're doing. So they isolate themselves. So, so forms of isolation isn't merely just like, I'm going to go to a dark cave and not talk to people. It's, hey, I'm going to kind of skirt around that question a little bit. I'm not going to seek clarity from wise counsel. I'm going to hold this one. I'm not really going to give you a full picture of what I'm thinking or what I'm maybe going to do. And isolation gets away from group think and group accountability. This was a, this was a pretty big one for me because I'm a, I'm a big, like, ask for forgiveness later type of person. So this one was like, oh, okay, I should probably... Talk to my wife more before I do those things sometimes. Right? The, the wise seeks advice, seeks accountability, doesn't isolate from getting input, doesn't shy away from those conversations, and understands, actually, I might, I might, maybe, might be wrong. And maybe I should get some more input. So they don't skim around, they don't isolate themselves, they bring in people, they listen, they seek to understand what's the best possible scenario, what's the best solution. But then there's also the other aspect of needing to express our opinion because I need you to fully understand where I am coming from. I need you to fully understand where I am coming from. I need you to understand me. This, it's sneaky, but this is seeking our own desire as well. It's not on the side of wanting a certain outcome, but wanting the other person to perceive you in a certain light. I need you to understand this so you can view me in a certain way. Hear this, it's a basis of identity given from people on whether they're viewing you rightly or not. I need you to understand me. And, and there is a side of wisdom and perception from others, but the question we need to ask is, is, am I doing this to be viewed in a certain light, or am I doing this, am I having this conversation, am I bringing this up, am I making this post? Whatever it is, am I doing this because I care about the other person or am I doing this so I can be with a certain movement? Am I doing this so I can be viewed a certain way? That is self-desire and self-interest. That is not having the interest of others. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 speaks into this. It says, do nothing. Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you look not to, only to his interest, but also to the interest of others. This should be a navigating verse for our entire lives, but especially for conversation as well. How are you navigating conversation? Are you, are you continually trying to pull it back to you? So you can talk about what you've done, the accomplishments that you've had, or just revisiting something to make sure that they really understood you so that you're perceived a certain way. And Nick's talking on the, the tongue and speech next week, so I'll let him go into a little bit more the, the active side of speech. But still understand this principle, that, that poem from the beginning, 
It says, love allows understanding to dawn, which is a true statement. Because of love and care for the other, we seek understanding and hear from them because I count them and their own interest as more important than myself. I want to listen and input for their good and not for my own. The other side is I need you to understand me. I need you to hear and perceive me a certain way. And I would say at the deepest level, this says our need to be heard, have our opinion out there, not listen and try to be understood. This is all self-interest. This is self-interest. And here's the question I want to ask. What if you're not understood by them? What if you're not heard by them? What if you're not seen by them? What if they don't perceive you in the correct light? What if they never saw the extra stuff that you did? What if they never get it? What if they never understand how much they hurt you? You don't get the credit you deserve on a project. What if they never understand your struggle? I can assure you that there was someone even more misunderstood than you. And that's Jesus. They did not understand who he was or what he was doing. Even the 12 closest to him that walked with him for three years had a gross misunderstanding of why he was here. You see Peter getting in front of Jesus and saying, no, this is not going to happen. I'm not going to let them take you because he misunderstood the mission of Jesus. So what did Jesus do in as he's being misunderstood, by even the, the 12 closest, to, the 12 here on earth that could maybe give him a little bit of empathy, give him a little bit of love, help him feel that. What, what does he do? 1 Peter 2, 21 to 23. For to this you've been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin. Neither was the seat found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued him entrusting himself to him who judges justly. That's beautiful. He continues entrusting himself to him who judges justly. As he's being reviled, as he's being beaten, as he stands there and doesn't say anything before the council, he entrusts himself to him who judges justly. Nowhere, I looked, I looked, I did my, my research. Nowhere in this entire word could I find anything that says a person of understanding, a person of wisdom, a person of knowledge is themselves understood on this side of heaven. I couldn't find it anywhere. In fact, just as Matt was praying, in a world that doesn't have a spirit of wisdom, have the Holy Spirit guiding, you will and you should be misunderstood. And in that, you entrust yourself to the one who judges justly. 
not the, not the ones here on earth. Right? Jesus says you should fear the one who has authority over your soul. Not the flesh and blood here. And trust your identity and your perception to the one who judges justly. But here's the beautiful thing. Jesus, it says in that verse there, Jesus, he, he gave you this example, but he not only gave us the example, he gave us the solution to being understood. Again, this quote, love allows understanding to dawn and understanding is precious. When you're understood, you're at home. Understanding nourishes belonging. When you feel understood, you feel free to release yourself in the trust and shelter of the other person's soul. This is not a bad quote. This is a beautiful quote. And it hits this desire we have to be understood and heard and seen. But it is only fully fulfilled in one place. Jesus. Jesus fully understands you. Jesus fully sees you. Jesus fully hears you. Jesus fully empathizes with you. And if you're sitting in this room right now, and you feel like you're going through things that no one can understand, understand you have a Savior who does. He sees your, your wrestle with gender and with sexuality. He sees your hurt from a situation that that person just does not understand. He sees your feeling of being undervalued by your family, maybe, by your work. He sees your anxiousness with the baby on the way, with other family situations, with finances, with school, with jobs, with house, with your health. He sees that. beautiful thing, Hebrews 4, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We have a Savior who fully empathizes with whatever the Holy Spirit is laying on your heart right now. As I'm going through that list, whatever is on your heart of, I don't feel seen or heard in this, he sees that and he hears that. Jesus sees you and knows you better than you know yourself. He looks upon you with compassion, but he doesn't leave you there. He wants to lead you in life everlasting, in life with him. And another aspect of listening and seeking understanding is, is seeking that from the Lord about ourselves. Psalm 139 is one of the best psalms for this. It starts out, we did this as a staff team last week, and it was so good. Just having the Lord just reveal stuff in our heart. Just answering, answering some prompts and some questions. The, the psalm starts out, it says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and know me. Lord, you know me. And this psalm is so beautiful because it goes throughout and it says, you formed, you formed my inward parts. You saw me in my mother's womb. Where can I go that I can hide from you? The Lord sees you. And then it, this psalm ends. Again, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. 
and see if there's any grievous way in me. Saying, Lord, search me, know me, reveal these grievous ways that are inside of me that I know you see. Reveal them to myself. Help me see them. Let me listen right now. Let me hear of these grievous things inside of me, but don't leave me there. Lead me in the way everlasting. See, Jesus doesn't just say, hey, bring this up and then suppress it. He says, bring this up and then let me lead you through it. Let me, let me give you guidance on this. Let me show you what obedience to me looks like, which is life everlasting. He sees those things you're wrestling with, and he would ask that you would listen to him. He would ask that you would listen to him. And let him speak in. See, Jesus doesn't want to merely hear what you're going through and affirm it or deny it or suppress it. He wants to hear what you're going through and speak into it. Speak gospel light into your life. He wants to lead you. And that takes us having a posture of listening, having a posture of seeking to understand ourselves, seeking to understand the grievous ways inside of us so that we can walk in life with Jesus. And here's the beautiful thing with all of that. Because we have the blessing of being fully understood, seen, and led by Jesus, we don't depend on others to fully understand us. The one who judges rightly, the one who judges justly, the creator of the heavens and the earth looks upon you and says, I see you and I know you and I understand you and I want to guide you. Therefore, your frustrating neighbor doesn't need to see you, understand you, know you, and guide you. But because we are fully known by Jesus, we can walk into these situations with a completely different heart posture, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, valuing the other as more important than ourself, shepherding the other, being a man of understanding, drawing out the heart. We can do that because Jesus speaks into our hearts. And we can seek the best possible outcome and listen and input where it's helpful because we don't need to be perceived a certain way and we're okay with situations changing because Jesus has perfectly spoken into our lives. He has perfectly spoken into our identity. He has perfectly spoken into our struggle, our anxiousness. And he wants to lead us in that. The creator wants to lead us in that. So as we close and the band comes up, I have a few questions that I think could be helpful for us. As we, as we try to, like, what does this actually look like to, to do this well? How can I listen well? And I think a part of listening well is, what, is being able to ask yourself questions. And one of these questions, the first one, they're up here, is what story am I telling myself right now? In, in the, the proactive wise, Slowing down when you're getting frustrated, when you, it, literally like when it's like, I am not a man of coolness right now, I am a man of red hot anger. What story am I telling myself right now? And is it actual reality? What story am I telling myself right now? And is it actual reality? And then the second one, am I speaking to be perceived a certain way? 
or to help the person or the situation? Am I speaking to be perceived a certain way or to help a person or the situation? And then lastly, when was the last time I sat and listened before the Lord and asked him to reveal the grievous ways inside of me so that he could speak into my life? And maybe that's a never for you, and that's okay. But the Lord would just ask, like, hey, I want to speak in now. I want to speak in today. You can go home after this service. You can pray with someone after this service here during worship. Say, Lord, reveal these ways to me, asking when is the last time that that happened. And as we enter into worship after communion, go before the Lord and listen and worship. Worship because you have life everlasting in Jesus and you have a Savior, again, that fully empathizes with you. You have a Savior that fully sees you. You have a Savior that fully knows you, that fully loves you, and that fully desires to do relationship with you, and he would ask that you would slow down and listen and walk in that relationship with him. Let me pray for us. Lord, we can't understand the magnitude that we can approach you <laughs> through the Holy Spirit right here, right now, when we go home later, when we get up tomorrow morning. We don't need a high priest to go into the temple and make sacrifice for us or make atonement for us. Lord, you, you say right now, just reveal to me the things inside my heart. The fact that we can talk to the creator of the universe, the one that made us, always sees us, fully knows us, and can be led by him is something that we can't fathom. But let us, let us understand it a little bit more today. Let us comprehend that love that you have for us a little bit more today. And let us be a, a people that have a heart posture of listening. Listening to you and listening to the other for their interests, for the situation's interest, not needing to get a perception or an identity from them, but being fully secure in you and, and, and who you call us as your children. Lord, I, I pray over this crowd right now that you would speak into anxiousness that's here that you would speak into bitterness that's here, that you would speak into frustration that's here. And you would lead us in life everlasting. Lead us in the gospel. Pray all this in your holy name.